This is a Payone Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Enjoy the show. <laughs> hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. So one of the disadvantages to restart reformatting my computer, because those who don't know, I recently reformatted my computer to switch over to the dev branch so I can play with something that I added to the bottom of the Google Doc that I'm sure Demasi will see in a moment, is... Uh, I forget that like my little cookies. So over the last year, we've had it hammered into our heads. At least I feel like we have that cookies are bad. Cookies are bad. You don't want cookies tracking you. This and that about cookies. But then today when I was in clean feed, it said at the very bottom of the page, we've changed your preferences per your request. Uh, well, it, it was it was nice about it, but it said we changed your preferences and save this into a small cookie that'll be, uh, or that'll allow us to reload these settings next time you join the clean feed session. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. cookies can be useful for sure. And I'm realizing that I have to reset up all that stuff because I reset the computer. So nothing's working the way I expect it to. <laughs> <laughs> so the big problem here is the confusion in the terminology, right? Because cookies, so basically cookies inherently within themselves are not bad things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wish that the reporting around the mostly privacy issues with with tracking cookies would would be a little bit more explicit about the difference, right? Because I use cookies and I rely on cookies. Like, I mean, I typically go to docs.google.com and I'm right there looking (laughs) at my docs. Or... You know, Amazon, if I jump into Amazon and I go search for something and I want to buy it and I hit the buy now button or the one click button or whatever it's called, uh, you know, that's that's taken care of because I'm already signed in. So rarely do I have to re-sign in every single time I want to do something. I go to Amazon and at least it knows it's me so I can see my stuff. Uh, and those cookies are fine, right? It's like cookie notices that you see on a lot of these websites. It's like, so for example, my website does not have a cookie banner that pops up when you go to it. Cause you know what? I'm not tracking you at all. Like there's no tracking cookies on my site. The only time I use cookies on that site is if you were to log into the website and you can store a cookie that says, remember me. But that's in your privacy policy. Yeah. And those cookies are handy, right? The problem with cookies is again, cookies themselves are not bad things. Uh, it's just how people choose to use them. When you choose to use the ability of a browser to store a piece of information that can be traced back to you, typically for, you know, keeping you logged into Google or Amazon or Facebook or whatever, perfectly fine use of a cookie, reasonable use of a cookie is why cookies were created to save state in a browser so that when you clicked on a link inside of your account page, you didn't have to re-log in before you could see that next page. Or web browsing would become very tedious. (laughs) Very tedious, very quickly. Uh, That's why cookies were created. Now, what happens is that people started saying, oh, well, we can place cookies on a person's computer because, you know, that's the thing that we're able to do. And then we would use those cookies when they go to a different site and allow that site to read the cookies that are on there so it'll identify this person with their special ID that we have in our system to say, oh, we see Michael was first looking at 
you know, burger presses on Amazon. And now he's looking at, you know, uh, Sears alls on, on the, uh, home Depot website. You sighed like you really have been looking at Sears. All. <laughs> have you? No comment. No. <laughs> no, I was just looking to see where you were going with that. And then when you said, "Like ah, okay," he he could have went so many different directions with that. <laughs> oh no, no! I I was trying to think of something that I know you probably had looked at recently, and then something that's somewhat related, but you're in an entirely different place on Home Depot looking at this right. tool or, or or this cooking implement or whatever. And they're like, "Oh, well, we know Michael's interested in this." So now, when you go into Facebook, they're showing all kind of ads for cooking utensils at you. That's a bad use of cookies, right? It's perfectly fine if I'm in Facebook and Facebook knows that I have followed certain brands or liked certain brand pages or whatever in Facebook. So therefore, they surface ads related to those brands. It's sort of like when Amazon very poorly most of the time says, you may want to look at this product. It's like, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. Every once in a while, they get it right, but every now and then they surface something. It's like, oh, that is good. Now the and, and the difference for people is the when you're looking at a product and it says people who bought this also bought that is usually pretty spot on and sometimes gets me to spend extra money. It's when you just go to Amazon.com and they're like uh, suggested items for you or whatever. I, let, let me go see what this section is called because now I gotta. While you're looking that up, Amazon got me to spend more money with their fancy. People often buy this together with this. And so I'm like, oh, oh, that would be good. Let's add that to the cart. And then, oh, those could be great to separate these patties. Let's add that to the cart. And I went to Amazon with the intention of buying one thing and ended up leaving with three. (laughs) Yeah. So like, well, I'm on my Amazon business page. So I think this actually looks a little different. But first thing. Uh, first heading I get to is like buy again. I just bought that. Why would I buy it again? Uh, more options from our store, more products in the store. Right. And then they're showing me stuff like USB hubs and, and US, you know, things like that. Right. That's not super helpful because I've just bought a product that meets my needs in that space. What you may want to try to sell me is some cables. Maybe yeah. I need cables. Right. But the fact of the matter is that's perfectly fine because I'm on Amazon site where the cookie problem and the abuse of cookies comes in is when one, you know, for all these years, unbeknownst to most users, uh, they were tracking you everywhere and building a profile on you and the things that you like and the things that you look at and et cetera. Uh, that's all that that's first and foremost, not good. Cause I don't feel like anybody should collect data on people without their, their, their implicit permission. Uh, wait, I think that's the wrong word. Explicit permission. Yes. Explicit. Uh, not implicit permission. <laughs> Just because I use your, you know, I'm on the internet. That means, you know, I'm giving permission for you to follow me. Like, no, that's, that's not the case. If I'm walking down the street, you don't have my permission to just follow me. I'm going to stop and turn around and be like, Hey, why are you following me? <laughs> Uh, sometimes they're like, well, I'm just going the same way that you're going to do. What's your problem? Right. All right. Well, what, you get what, in front what of me. What are you hiding? Then. <laughs> well, you get in front of me then. Go that way. A little paranoid. Don't, don't, don't worry about it though. Uh, but that, that's the problem. And then the abuse of them to the point that, you know, the data shared, shared between these sites, uh, and how, you know, again, what I'm looking at on Amazon. Well, Amazon is kind of a bad example for this. What I'm looking at on well, all these sites are bad examples for this. I'm sorry. <laughs> so in a ideal world, if you came to my site, for example, and you browse around and looked at stuff and then you went to Amazon and then you went to, you know, to go look at, you know, socks. 
You should actually go to Bombers and buy your socks. Um, and then you go to Facebook. You should not get an ad from if you do see an ad. So first off, somebody tweet me if this does happen. But if you visit bedrockinnovations.com and you look around at the few pages that are there, you read over the information, you submit a contact form, and then you pop into Facebook later that day, you should, one, you're not going to see an ad for Bedrock Innovations because I don't pay Facebook. You should not see an ad for a company that's in a related field of, of technology consulting either. If you do, please let me know because then I got to go figure out how they did that. Uh, right, right. <laughs> I don't got none of their code running yeah. on my site, period. <laughs> uh, but ideally, Facebook shouldn't know that you have been to my site or that you visited your own pay and like, oh, well, you're interested in podcasts. Let's start shoving podcasts at you from Spotify because they paid us money to show advertisement for their podcast. Right. That should not happen. This does happen, however. It doesn't happen if you go to your own pay, by the way. But, you know, this does happen, right? And that's the abuse of those cookies because they're able to track that information about you across all these different sites. And again, going back to the overall point of this conversation, like cookies themselves are not a bad thing. It's just like a hammer is not a bad thing. A mm-hmm. hammer is a very useful tool. It, it can be used for bad somebody things. To death too, though. <laughs> yep. uh, so it's all about how it's used and, and the consent that you give for their usage, right? That's the other part of that. So that was that first 10 minutes was totally nowhere on the Google Doc that we're looking. It nope. is now. <laughs> this is why we don't have a Google Doc most of the time. Because <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, the first thing was talking about jotting down thoughts. Before we get into that, though, Demasi, how can people support the show if they find our content and off-the-wall engagement a bit uh, worth supporting? So the first thing you should do if you want to really show your support for the show is I'm going to be honest, like go tweet it out, share it with other people and tell them to come listen. Uh, that's that's yep. one thing you can do. Uh, if you want to provide, you know, you got some money in your pocket, you got an end of the year for you, just want to throw some money our way to help support the hosting costs that go on for running this show and us being able to upload it, podcast, all of that. There's several things you can do. You can go to your own slash support. And make a one-time uh, contribution. Uh, that is not a subscription. You're not registered for a subscription. We're not going to charge your car six months later and be like, oh, we thought you wanted to do that. No, just nope. put in the amount that you would like to donate or, or contribute and uh, hit submit. All processed by Stripe. We don't even get your card information. Uh, Mike can't see that at all. Uh, I can't see it either. But other ways you can help is uh, we'll have links in the show notes to... Um, Pinecast, which is where we host our podcast at. So if you have a podcast and you're looking for a good podcast host, go check out Pinecast. Use our code. It gets you a discount. And it would also give Mike some credit towards the account. Uh, I think we're still riding off somebody's, yep. a few people's generosity. Few people. actually. Yep. So uh, we do appreciate that. And if you are looking for a good podcast host, like they are excellent. And I tend to leave those decisions up to Michael, but I like podcasts. I've been recommending podcasts. Uh, and there'll probably be other links to things that are affiliate links or URLs in our show notes as well at yourownpay.com slash DM85. And just so you know, when we have referral links or affiliate links, it does not cost you any extra money. It just gives us a little percentage of what you spend where you went uh, just to you know help us out. So we appreciate it. And check out DM50 for more information about that because we talked all about that in DM50. And the only reason I know it is because it's in the disclaimer on the website. <laughs> ah. <laughs> 
speaking of, I was just looking at the WP affiliate uh, plugin a yeah. couple of days ago. Um, I, I need to actually go look, but I think WP affiliate, which is from Tips and Tricks, right? Uh, is that the same plugin that you see a lot of people like? This integrates with WP affiliate. Like, is that that is the same plugin, right? I'm not certain. I don't pay I'm that not much certain attention either. Yeah. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna yeah. Google it while you intro this next. Time. I did find an interesting plugin years ago, and I don't know if it's still being developed, but it was it was pretty cool for especially people on like multi level marketing teams and stuff like that, because you could use code to add their affiliate links to your posts without you having to update information, and all you did was add a question ID equals and then their affiliate name, uh, and it was called Cookie Monster. I'll have a link to it if it's still around, and that was a pretty useful plugin uh, for for sharing the marketing effort of a team of people. So I don't know much about. WP affiliate. Ah, uh, no, it's affiliate. WP is the one that I see popping up everywhere. Ah, looked at. Well, I will put both of those. Easily create your full featured. I'll grab a link for this one. Yeah. So, Demasi, when we come up with ideas, often you and I are on a call and we're talking about these great ideas and these things we should probably put in the Google Doc, but neither one of us does until the day we record. Little glimpse into behind the scenes. Uh, what 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 would be an ideal way of jotting down thoughts for you? So, one thing that I got into doing. A while ago, and I've kind of somewhat fallen off the wagon with this a little bit, uh, is drafts, right? Uh, but really, the, the overall point, it doesn't matter what app you use or, or, or what system you put it into, is getting things out of your head when they occur to you. Uh, and it sort of goes back a little bit to that whole GTD method. That was one of the appealing things to me about the, the getting things done methodology that uh, OmniFocus started out with i think they've kind of shifted a little bit away from it or at least they're they're a little bit looser about it now uh but david allen famously wrote that you know getting things done book uh from david allen yeah uh for uh you know like take a trip to tuscany this spring you know you know doing that kind of bullshit uh but what i did find useful about the idea was the idea of the inbox as, as as it was subscribed to with the getting things done method, which is when something occurs to you, like don't try to remember it, just write it down, like get it out of your head. That, that way it's in a system where you know you can go back and refer to it. Uh, and as I mentioned before on the show, like that was one of the appealing things to me about drafts, the app when it first, well, when I first heard about it, not necessarily when it first came out. Uh, was because it's it, it was a simple thing. You open up, you look, put it in your dock, you hit the drafts button, it opens up, and then there's text, right? Start writing. There's no fiddling around with create new, save, none of that stuff. Write it down, dictate it, however you want to put it in there, and leave the app. And it's there, and I know it's there. I don't have to think about, oh, man, I forgot to save or none of that. But again, like I said, it doesn't matter the actual application that you choose to use. I do think that this is a invaluable thing for anybody that does anything like it's just not even limited to any sort of space. Like when something occurs, you have a system, a a dedicated solution for putting those thoughts down so that you can refer back to them later. And the only rule that I would impose when 
doing this is make sure that you write out something clearly enough so that it'll make sense to you in a week. Because <laughs> that is one mistake I've made. Like I jot down a very half-baked idea and I didn't write it out enough. I didn't write enough information in so that I would remember what it was. And so, you know, you go back and look at things like uh checkerboard pattern. And I'm like, what the f- does that? What? <sighs> Well, there goes a great idea. I probably had this up in smoke because I don't know what I meant by checkerboard pattern uh, at all. But other than that, like it doesn't matter about the system. So one thing that I'm going to do uh, is one, try to make a concerted effort to get back into that habit uh, because the Apple Watch was was ingenious for that. Mm -hmm. I first got my watch. Drafts has always been a complication for that reason. Uh, I think that I'm getting a little weary of dictating a lot though maybe one of the reasons that i stopped this or haven't been doing it quite as much because i do do it fairly routinely on the mac i just pop over the drafts uh and type something in and then go away well i thought you were going to say you you dictate on the mac i'm like that's slightly different i think no no i'm dictating ever, on windows i don't think i've ever dictated anything on the mac at all Period. Oh, that's one of the first things I disable. <laughs> <laughs> I need my function key for other functions. I don't want right. to start dictation. I, I get bored with writing the same email over and over or a similar email over and over, but I still want to give it that personalization. So I'll use the Windows H to start dictating in Windows. Uh, and I'm intrigued by the new voice access features that's coming out in Windows 11 because I think dictation may be more reliable. Sometimes Windows H doesn't work, but what I'll do is I'll drop open Word or Google Docs and I'll use the dictation function built right into that tool. So you can use Altgrave Accent and Word to start dictation and that's a toggle. And for me, that seems to be a lot more reliable. Um, but yeah, so I get it though. Dictation on the watch is a pile of shit. Like, it oh, is it really hard. That's probably not that you say it is actually the reason because I don't even respond to messages from my watch nope. anymore. I will pull my phone out and open. I will read the message on my watch, but I won't reply to it. Because, Unless yeah, it's a they, quick reply. I don't even. I, I, I will do that and it pisses people off because I'm like, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will do that sometimes if I can just get away with the, uh, you know, one of the suggestions. Be like, yes or no. or Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And then Andrew asked what me two mean? questions in a row, and both of them got yup because yep. the watch was right there. <laughs> uh, but even then, now, like I, I, I don't even. It, it has to be that I'm away from my phone in order for me to even use those. I'll just pick up the phone. Like I, I have literally picked up my phone, unlocked it, opened the message, and flicked mm-hmm. down to react and hit thumbs up, and then <laughs> put the phone back down. Like yeah. that's how terrible the voiceover behavior with dictation and anything like that on the watch is at this point now does drafts and you may not have an answer to this and we could put it in follow-up but does drafts use their own unique dictation function where you can just start dictating from a complication or do you still have to go into that keyboard thing that's not visible to anyone not on a watch seven and then find the dictate button and then have the difficulties with getting voiceover to stop dictating and so can you two finger double tap to start dictation because i just thought about that so the problem is it's very difficult to get two fingers on screen every time so i don't know specifically today uh 
in the past you had an option with drafts where, and I don't think it was necessarily using, I just think it was still using the system dictation capability, but mm. uh, you could configure drafts on your watch where when you tapped on the complication, what did it do? Uh, did it automatically start dictation or did it just open up drafts and then like you could navigate and, and go to a draft or do things like that inside of it? Uh, I used to always have it configured and it probably is still configured this way if nothing has changed uh, to when I double tap on the complication on my watch face that it uh, automatically starts dictation. I haven't used it in a while simply because during the betas like dictation, getting out of dictation was the problem. <laughs> Starting it is not necessarily the problem. It's getting out of it and ending it uh, when you want to without people picking up what the f- shit. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Yep. Then you just spend all that effort dictating a message and you got a bunch of crap at the end that you really don't want anybody to see. So you're like, oh, well, I guess I got to cancel that. Because you can't edit it. Can't edit it. <laughs> so let me just go pick up the phone and, and send the message. And hopefully it doesn't just automatically send. Because I've seen that happen a time or two, too, where you're so trying to stop I don't even think it. I don't even think it's an automatic send. I think that the there are... But, so here's the problem for anybody that doesn't have a watch or doesn't hasn't attempted to do any of this stuff on their watch or hasn't tried to do it recently. You, let's say Mike sends me a message and I need to reply to Mike. I can double tap in. Used to be, there would just be a couple of buttons on the screen. There would be dictate uh, and then like the quick responses. Emoji and quick responses. Yeah, emoji. Yeah, the emoji button. I knew there was another button. And I could tap dictate, dictate the message to Mike and then I could flick to, you know, stop. And I would stop dictating and then I could read what I dictated, make sure it got it right and then hit send. Now what happens is you, you one, there's a keyboard that apparently, you know, only shows up on watch sevens. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see a keyboard. Uh, it's very strange, but I have to bring up that keyboard view, which gives me like the basic default, you know, draw with your finger things or hit dictate once that's up dictate a message and then voiceover just simply does not read anything on the screen while it's in dictation mode uh i should try to two finger double tap actually because i yeah. didn't think about that but it is very difficult also you got to hit that at well i do i don't have little you know toothpick <laughs> fingers so you know that's a little 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 challenging sometimes to get that those two fingers just right there but the problem is you can one you can't count on your focus being on the stop button so that you can just do a one finger double tap and stop dictating oftentimes and this is where what i think has probably happened to mike a few times is he dictated something he double tapped thinking okay it's going to stop dictation and i can read it but it was on stop and send or send so it just sent it sometimes it's on cancel and you end up wiping out everything that you've done and you don't even see it you're right back in the message screen and it's like what uh just just terrible and you know the sad thing is the phone and i think even the watch has good enough rejection that if i'm dictating and then voiceover bleeds through me flicking around like that has never really gotten picked up so like i don't know what problem they think they're solving but they're not solving it so i just tried it And it looks like it works. Ah, two-finger double tap, huh? Yeah, looks like it works. Can't guarantee it, but I just sent Demasi a message, and I'm pretty sure it works. We will follow up on that. 
let you know because I'm going to try that because that might actually be the answer. But still, getting two fingers on the screen is not the most intuitive. And Mike's watch screen is smaller than mine. Is it? Yeah, I got the 44 44 millimeter. Ah, oh boy. (laughs) Future follow up. Because remember when I bought the 40 millimeter, like the little band Ah, on the watch broke and the band was just sliding all the way through. Uh, and I sent it back, and I can't remember what made me just decide to go get the oh because I had a I, all the bands that I had already were already forty four. I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just gonna get the forty four. Maybe that was a sign for me not to get the little <laughs> bitty watch because you know it broke. Apparently, it's extra sensitive or something. I don't know. So you mentioned this to me, and I'm not sure how much we've talked about it or not, but what's the shortcut you have for drafts, and what are you intending to do with it? So I don't currently have, well, I actually do have a clipboard shortcut for drafts, but I don't have the shortcut that me and you talked about, which is, so my routine with just, you know, doing brain dumps into drafts is I created a workspace inside of drafts and I just did that by adding a tag and, and saying everything with this tag goes in here if it doesn't have that tag it doesn't go in there and I just would uh especially when dictating from the watch everything from the watch had that tag automatically applied to it and I would just go through and as I was reviewing things move things out that didn't need to go there or whatever what I think I'm going to change to doing uh, and it's kind of based off listening to. So what even brought all of this up was listening to uh, Connected this week. Um, yeah, this week's episode yep. of Connected. Yep. Uh, what I think I'm going to shift to doing is I'm going to create a shortcut that I can run that is just going to be dictation, most likely. Or I'm going to look at how to actually get it doesn't matter how I get the text there dictation grab this selection whatever the case is but just have whatever i put into it just appended to the end of a single draft so all of those ideas thoughts will be in one long draft and every time i add to it it's just appending to the end of it Uh, and then that just gives me one draft to go look at i can pin that draft i think i can pin that draft yeah i can pin that draft and easily just jump to it review it move things around, change things, delete things, etc. But it gives me one place to look instead of several different drafts to look at. Uh, so I'm going to make that shortcut. I haven't made it yet, uh, but I will have it made by the time we next record and we will put it in the show notes at that time uh, for people who are interested in downloading it. And that'll be great because I can use it on the phone. I should be able to use it from the watch and I can use it on the Mac. Yeah, that's what holds me back from using drafts is it's not available. It's not everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or or Android. And that's why I say like is is not, you know, it's not so important what you use is just that I think you do it uh, is, is most important. And see, for the longest time, I was using Todoist for that capture system. And I think that's <laughs> one of the reasons why I have practically walked away from Todoist, which is a shame because it can be a useful tool. Um, I'm going to try to get back into that early 2022. One of my goals for 2022 is to get into regularly using Todoist and figuring this text capturing thing out a little. Yeah, so um, to do is, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to go look at how to do this because I know you, or at least I suspect. 
I believe that this has to be possible. I've just never looked at how to do it. But just export all of my crap out of Todoist right now. It's there. Just like poof, go it away. Because I don't want to burn it down completely and just delete everything. Because I'm fairly certain that there is something there that I would miss. Right. And I want the ability to go back and at least look at like, you know, a, a CSV file or something. And just, just visually check very quickly. Like, okay, no, I didn't forget something that I really needed to make sure I kept. And try starting over because I have caught myself at times doing that, not necessarily dumping ideas into Doist, but adding links to things that I want to investigate later. Like uh, this thermostat that I was looking at at one point in time, like that is in Todoist. Like if I want to go find a link to that thermostat, I have to go open up Todoist and find that uh, in my home project in a section and get the link for that thermostat. Uh, and I don't even remember the name of it, but. So I, I have. Oh, hmm? go ahead. I was gonna say. So I have been doing. I have done something similar to my to do is, which has again kind of gotten it a little bit more cluttered than it needs to be. And I, I need to. I feel like for me, I need to at least start with some system, whether it's to do list or reminders or you know your message just just got here. Oh nope, that was a carrot. What notification? <laughs> Whether it's Todoist or reminders, because I've been thinking about where do I want to pick back up with this ad and get back into it, because I got to do something because things will slip through the cracks, I guarantee it. But whatever it is, I have to treat my to-do list system the same as I treat my calendar. Right. Uh, and for me, my calendar is is sacred. Like It doesn't go on there unless it is a timed event and I have to be present or somewhere or whatever at a specific time and it should take about this much time and i'm pretty good about getting the hell out of there when i say if i schedule a meeting with somebody for 45 minutes like i'm out of there 45 minutes and we're not going to sit around for two hours <laughs> well if demasi goes to your own pay.com slash dm85 and looks at the links when this episode goes live or scrolls down in the google doc he'll see that there is a way to back up all your active tasks or all of your active projects in todoist to a csv file and apparently todoist on pro accounts creates daily backups of your tasks so you can go back in the past and see what ah, so guess that's that. part of what i pay for huh yeah, yeah, one of That's the other thing, man. So <laughs> that is the other thing, though. Like, I oftentimes, once I've spent money on something, I feel like I have to use it, and then I end up not liking it, but I still want to try to use it because I spent money on. I think they had this exact same conversation or similar on uh, mm-hmm. connected, mm-hmm. but it 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 was truth. Like it it was the truth when I heard it. It's like. Yeah, you know, when I bought OmniFocus years ago, it's like, hmm. I got to use this shit, man. I just spent 40 bucks on this damn app. Uh, it's going to work. Right. You're I'm going to make it. it work. Even if that means I got to change my workflow to make it work, I'm going to make it work because I invested uh-huh. into it. Uh-huh. And the biggest problem with, with OmniFocus for me was it's too many steps. Like, that's always been the appealing thing about Todoist. And again, I was working fairly well with Todoist. I think I just started adding too much junk to it instead of just keeping it very lightweight uh, and try to get too overly complicated too quick, possibly. But that was always the appeal of, of Todoist is like, I can just dictate or type in a line of text and I'm done. Like, literally, I'm done. I can clean up later if I need to, but mm-hmm. I'm mostly done. 
Uh, same way with fan, like that's the reason I cannot stop using Fantastic Out. Now that's a company that if they go do something to break something, like I'm going to probably be on the phone. I don't even have a phone number. No, I don't, but I will find one <laughs> and call them. And be like, hey man, uh, uh-uh, uh, what you just did, you got to stop that. Yeah, fix that, fix that right now. <laughs> and there's no alternative where I could just type in some shit and like there's my event. And you know what's funny is now I'm almost that way with Card Hop. Like it was someone's birthday the other day, <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Oh, I should add her birthday to Card Hop," and so I did, and it was a straightforward process. So yeah, Card Hop on iOS is good. There are some bugs with it on on the Mac that kind of uh, annoy me, but I still I, I I still use it as my default contacts app on the Mac over the. You know, I never really used the the Apple Contacts app at all on the Mac. Yeah. Hey, I have a Mac here. I should check some of these cool things out. (laughs) (laughs) So, are you going to take a look at OneNote for your solution? I think I am mainly because it gives me that cross-platform flexibility. If I decide to, you know, experiment with the Mac, I believe there's one note on the Mac. It's on Windows. It's on iOS. It's on Android. And I was talking with someone on Discord. It was Doug, I think, on Discord. I always get the people mixed up. And he was talking, yeah, because he was talking to Lane and I about how sticky notes is the thing in Windows 10, Windows 10 and I think Windows how sticky notes is Windows a thing. Windows 11, I think Windows and, 10. Yes, yes. And it's, <laughs> I, I pulled it up on Windows 11, and I was playing with it, and it was really easy to add things to sticky notes. And then he told me that it saves that information into the OneNote database, which would mean that it would be available on every device that I use OneNote on. And I have never used OneNote on Windows. I have a hopeful feeling that I'll be using it a lot more anyways. Uh, and so I haven't used OneNote on Windows yet. I'm going to play with that. I've never, I don't, I still have the get button next to OneNote on iOS, if that says anything. Mm. So I haven't even looked at it on iOS. So I'm going to play with it and we'll do some follow-up on it and see. Because like you, I, I would like a way to just quickly get ideas out of my mind into a system that at some point, maybe not daily, like it's recommended, because I'm going to admit that I probably won't do it daily, but once a week, you sit down and you go through, oh, okay, here are the things that I was thinking about. Let's either schedule an appointment for that, get that into a task manager so I don't forget about it, or start working on that project, or move on with it and delete it. And And Mm -hmm. if you sit on something and you don't have to think about it and you put that idea into your idea dump section, then you can make a decision on it later. And maybe it's a stupid idea. Well, I don't want to use the word stupid. Maybe it's an idea that isn't valuable to you or what you're working on, but at least you got it out of your mind. So you're not always thinking about it and you can move on to thinking about the projects that you're working on at that time. Uh, I think it was Federico who said that sometimes while they're driving, he'll, he'll tell his wife to put an idea down because it comes to his mind on his phone. So he has it and i'm like you know that's that's ingenious because ideas come to you in the weirdest places i don't shower with my watch so i'm not going to be dictating shower thoughts but you know there's a whole reddit sub uh whole subreddit (laughs) for shower thoughts so maybe i should go put my thoughts up there we'll see but yeah i'm gonna play with one note 
Yeah, I, I love the Federico idea. He's like, yeah, sometimes I'm driving, I'll just tell, uh, I'll just tell my wife to, to, you know, hey, grab my phone and add this to it. I'm like, man, see, that's why you have a secretary. Like, hey, I need a personal assistant. I'm sorry, I don't mean any offense to secretaries or personal assistants or office yeah. managers or whatever you want to be called today. No disrespect. Look, I bring them flowers and candy because they're the they're they're the gatekeepers. <laughs> right. I've always been nice to to whatever the the proper term is. I really don't mean to be offensive. When I was a kid in school, I was nice to the secretaries that worked in the office because I knew if I came in there and needed something, it was well they were cool too, and they were all women. So I'm gonna stop <laughs> before I really get in trouble. Uh, but I was like, this is a good reason to have a personal assistant because sometimes you're occupied elsewhere and you know you can't depend on that damn Siri uh, to do what she's supposed to do when she's supposed to do it. Or he, in, if, in, in your particular case, if you have a male Siri voice, mm-hmm. uh, to do what you want them to do when you want them to do it. So uh, that is the dream of the personal assistant. But, you know, it fails so many times for me with the the, the electronic ones that I don't use them. Because when I really need something done, like the stupid stuff that you do, maybe stupid is not the right word. The random things that you do that aren't really super important and it gets it right. And you're like, yeah, but as soon as you go for that, like this is critical that this get taken down the way I meant it to. And then you refer back to it two days later and you have no idea what the hell you were talking about because it got the message garbled. Uh, That's when it stops me from using them. How, how many times did I have to yell at Google the other day when we were on the phone to set a freaking timer? By the time I was done yelling to set the timer, it was time for the timer to go off. <laughs> like, man, we already two minutes into this timer right now. Yeah, it's going right. on with you. Uh, but one note is a good idea. Uh, I, th- I think that is actually an excellent idea because it is across all of the platforms that you could possibly use, which is much better than my current situation. Because, you know, hey, if I'm running around with just a Pixel phone in my pocket, like, what do I do? Uh, yeah. I guess I added the Google Keep. Wait, is that even still a thing? Did they yeah. turn it off yet? Yeah, they haven't turned it off yet. Uh, there's yet. that drafts on the web thing, though. I wonder if that would work with a Chrome extension on Android. Uh, the drafts for the web? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try it out and see. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that'll be another piece of follow-up that we will have in future. How did that work? It Was I successful? And did I use it? Did you try uh, <laughs> the another cool thing probably and for people who are thinking listening and they're like ah oh, that would be a great idea for me to jot stuff down but i don't want to use OneNote or i don't want to use drafts or i don't have those apps or those services or whatever like again it doesn't matter what you actually use mm-hmm. just so long as it's something consistent notes uh on ios could be a viable solution i think because uh number one those notes are going to be there. They sync through iCloud if you have iCloud. And I believe that it is possible to set a shortcut, not a shortcut, a widget up for notes and have that note kind of fixed there on your screen so that you can quickly get to it. It's also a thing for Mike to look at with uh, OneNote is like, you know, what are the widget options like on iOS and Android for quickly accessing the note that he wants to uh, add information to? So we will have follow-up on OneNote and drafts and all these fancy things in a future episode. So demo- Unless, of course, we don't do any of this shit. Yeah, and we won't which, talk about it. Which is wholeheartedly possible. Awesome. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, how many other things? Although, this Google Docs kind of making us think, like, oh, we should follow up. Ah, son of a bitch. I need to go actually do that so I can follow up on it on the show. 
Although I, I we we will most certainly follow up on this because this is a a look. We've tried different ways of doing this. I tried making a shortcut to add stuff to a Google Doc just so I can have it. It's like why am I like keep it simple? Sometimes it's the best solution. Going back to Todoist, that we had a shortcut working just fine to add ideas to a Todoist project, and mm-hmm. I don't think that either one of us should be using Todoist in that way. And that's why we've actually stuck with the Google Doc since DM seventy eight, I think. And it's though we put things off to the last minute. I'll be fully transparent. At least I did. Demasi at least went in earlier today. I went in like an hour before the show and added. <laughs> but though we put stuff off till the last minute, we're we're using Google Docs and it's working out. And then I create the show notes in Google Docs. So if Demasi wanted to, he could go in there and add things or or get links and stuff like that. And then I don't delete the show notes out of it. So when Demasi is adding stuff to it, he goes in and clears it out. But it's 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 one of the processes that seems to be working for us because, well, I don't – we missed one episode this entire year and that was because it was the 4th of July, if I remember right. Uh, and we recorded yep. a recap of what we had talked about for the last 10 episodes because we were hanging out with family that day. So yep. I think the procedures we're working on are helping us become more consistent and we just need to tweak them a little bit in 2022. So we'll see where that goes. Yep. One of the problems with docs not not in the in the sense of us kind of automating this is that I haven't found a reliable way and there probably is if I sit down and study it and figure out like some Python code that I can run. But there's I have not found a, a already existing way from say iOS or uh Android. I would have to even look at that. But like with shortcuts on iOS, being able to build a shortcut that says, hey, I want to dictate this and then have you automatically append that to the end of a Google Doc. Uh, so if anybody does know about that, hey, get in touch on Twitter. I was on Twitter the other day for like five minutes. Wow. I didn't am have any, using I didn't Twitterific. Have any new I'm using Twitterific, which reminded me when I was in Twitterific, I was like, I need to set my shortcut back up. Uh, get everything back installed and opened and configured on the phone so that when somebody, if I do get a mention, because I did see a few mentions from Mike yeah, uh, about shows, episodes. There was a mention of me from the DM series. Uh, I thought it was weird that Mike was like, so me and Demasi, I'm like, so the show and me are, are talking about this thing? Yeah, so. I realized that after <laughs> I did it. I should have put at Payon and at Demasi, but I didn't. <laughs> Shit happened. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even remember that until right now, but I did see it yeah. yesterday. And I was like, that's funny. That Yeah, that should have been at Payola, at Demasi. But <laughs> Mike was writing it, so he was like, me and Demasi, hey, me and I at just, Demasi. I just wanted I people like, to know who was tweeting from that account. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. So I guess me and the show are doing the thing. Uh, what happened to Mike? Hey, hey, when 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 is Demasi going to send a tweet from that account? Shit, he can't even send a tweet from his own account. Never mind. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I I retweeted something the other day. I've been retweeting more than actually tweeting my own content. I'm spending way too much time on TikTok. Mm. Slightly I still have to admit that. Down. I still have to get next to next to TikTok on the iPhone. That's okay. I'm gonna start sending you TikTok videos, but I'll be nice enough and I'll save them to my phone and then send them to you in messages. Ah, oh, that's nice. That yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Until I have no space on my phone, I'm <laughs> goddamn it, Mike's gonna use up all his all, all his storage. Uh, <laughs> uh, save them to files, yeah. and then just share oh, a link. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well I'll figure it out we'll first when I start finding. I throw them in Google there. Drive, or make a freaking shortcut that just saves the video, shares it with you, and then deletes it when it's done. Ah, there you go. <laughs> So, Damasi, I have a question for you because I'm intrigued by this, and maybe he'll look at the Google Sheets or Google Docs so he can see what I'm switching from, thanks to his help. But you are, we talked about it a couple months ago, you are changing, well, we talked about both of our subscriptions to this, and you are changing from Audible to Libre, LibreOffice? What, what, what are you changing from <laughs> Audible to? <laughs> So, yeah, we did talk about Audible uh, a while back. And so I've decided, and this is purely experimental at this point. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it, but I am. So I have, at, at as of the time of recording, I have spent up all of the existing Audible credits that I had available. I think I had about six. Um, Funny, man. So I go and buy these books, right? Turns out I got two books. Tia got four books. I'm like, that's not how the math was supposed to work out when I started this process. Quick side note, because you may get there, but I'm going to mention it right now. Don't cancel your membership if you have Audible credits. Mm, that out there. Exactly. I, I was going to get there. <laughs> yeah. If you have credits in Audible, and this is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm going down this path, but yes, absolutely. If you have credits in Audible, don't cancel your membership until you use them. Now, once you have used them, all of the books that you have purchased with credits or with money in Audible still are available to you. But if you cancel and you still have credits, those credits go bye bye. Uh, also, they expire after twelve months, so you know don't 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 hoard them too much. You can see like the old expire. days, kids. You can see when they expire under your account in Audible too. There's a little table yep. that'll show you. Yep, I just discovered that table the other day. <laughs> uh, so I've used up all of my credits in Audible, and I am going to cancel my Audible membership. And I am going to switch over and start using Libro.fm. And Libro.fm is, first and foremost, it's an audiobook, uh, independent audiobook provider. Uh, They quote themselves as having over 215,000 audiobooks. I distinctly remember seeming like maybe four or five years ago, that's kind of where Audible was at too, uh, is around that number. Libro.fm is also a social purpose organization. And my brief summary of this, go, we'll, we'll, actually, we will for sure put a link to like a Wikipedia ex- explainer on a social purpose organization. But a quick summary of what a social purpose organization is, is that they sort of walk that line between being a for-profit and non-profit company. So they are a for-profit company. They are out to make money. They're basically allowed to and they do, they will uh, pursue a, a nonprofit mission for the betterment of something over the profits of a business. Right. And that's that's a part of their whole company build out. There's quite a few companies I've seen that are social purpose organizations. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think f- I'm not going to say that because I might be wrong. Uh there are quite a few companies I've seen that are social purpose organizations. Now, there are a couple of reasons that I'm making this move. Number one, I logged into my account today because I was like, let me, you know, get ready to turn this membership back on and all of that. And Libro, because I did try it out for a couple of months and they canceled it or suspended it, uh, canceled, whatever, same thing. Uh, and went back to Audible because there was a ton of crap in Audible. And I was like, I don't need to pay for two memberships. Um, 
here's a nice thing. I discovered I had five credits in Libro.fm that just been hanging out over there, just oh, waiting for me to use that's them. That's nice. Yes, yes. Huh. Because, I, I mean, I literally paid for them, so it's not like they just gave me five credits. But, you know, they just have still been sitting there since I canceled my account like a year ago. But you canceled your account and they were still sitting in your account. Yeah, I actually just use one. And I still haven't re- I haven't restarted my um, membership yet, my subscription yet. Uh, but I did just use one of those credits, so now I have four. But I was like, oh, that that's, that's uh Yeah. That's that's a part of the reason that I'm moving is because I right. I don't like the way that Audible has started trying to handle people. Uh, it it just it, it's it's a little disappointing to me for a company that turned out to be really great for a long time. Uh, it's going all corporate, I guess is the way to put it. Like, why do my credits have to expire? I don't understand that. Or why, if I cancel my membership, you take my credits away that I have already paid for? Like. I don't like that. I, I really honestly don't like that. Does not sit well with me as a customer. It's what happens when Amazon buys you, though. I mean, man, but it, you know, for the first few years that Amazon owned them, they weren't doing, you yeah. know, uh, bull crap like this. So it's it's only in the recent past couple of years that like they've really ticked over and started doing things in ways that really, to me, don't serve their bottom line in any way. Either. Like I don't see a business reason behind doing some of this. Um, Libro FM though all of the books that I have so I literally just went and bought to you another book so to you ended up with five books uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you got three <laughs> uh, I got two. Oh, you got, got two. two so that one credit yeah. you used was for her yeah the one credit I oh, used in Libro that I just used in Libro why did I even ask <laughs> uh, so same book that she had on the wish list in Audible was over there I have not found something that was in audible that is a author published book now the audible originals and audible podcast that stuff of course is all exclusive to audible themselves so you're not going to get that in libro but all of the books uh that i have found or wanted or that are on the wish list they're all in, in libro and i've done some you know random checking uh here mm-hmm. and there obscure authors things like that and i still see all the stuff over there same narrator same everything so everything is good now Here's one benefit to Audible kind of going a little bit towards the way that they're doing stuff. Because, you know, I remember there was a time when you wanted your book in Audible and you would have to get the narrator and you would have to go to the Audible studios and record that book. Mm-hmm. Or for some people, you know, probably like maybe the Jim Dells of the world, the Scott Bricks or something like, you know, maybe they had a home studio that Audible certified to say, yeah, you can stay over there and, and you know, Maine and record the book because we certified your studio. But typically you to go to New Jersey and go record at their studios. I heard, I don't know how true this is because I haven't looked at it myself, but it would not really surprise me. But apparently now. It is up to the publisher slash author to handle the facilitation of their book being recorded. Hmm. Uh, so Audible is more hands off on there. Like they're not, there's no Audible quality control. And again, I could be wrong about this. I am, you know, take this with a very large grain of salt. Do your own research. We may follow up if I can actually pin down this for real. But it kind of makes sense to me because I have noticed that a few books, the audio quality, not that the narrator themselves is terrible, but the audio quality has not necessarily been up to what Audible standards used to be. Uh, but all that being said, yeah, I'm trying out Lubro.fm. It may stick. It may not. I may run into a problem over here and I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. Or Audible was better about that. But the thing for me and what makes this an easy move for me is that I'm not using any of the 
uh, Audible originals. Like I have very few of those in my account. Yeah. I don't make use of the premium library feature that they've added uh, where you get to just stream all the audio books that they have in that portion of uh, their service for free and they don't cost you credits. Or, like I'm not using any books out of there either. So I'm not going to stream audio books. That's not how I work. Yeah. I mean, you can download them, but I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it's basically like a streaming service for audio books is what they made. And then you can go out and buy specific things, but they, it's yeah. kind of like, it's there basically to me, what that is, is like an audio version of Kindle Unlimited, right? Not everything you want to read is going to be in Kindle Unlimited, but there's a terrible but amount of stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. I'm liking this Libra. I've been looking at them. Some of the authors that I would read are in here. Uh, you're right. Same narrators. Super easy to uh, play the preview uh, from the top of the page. You simply hit the – you go – use. what I do is I use heading navigation, do shift H to go to the title, which shows you the book, and then you down arrow once, and it says play, and you can play the preview of the book. Uh, it looks like they do a similar – thing as what audible does you can buy a book like this book i'm looking at is 24 dollars 50 or if you have a membership it drops the price down to 14.99 looks like membership fees are pretty much the same so we'll see how this goes because i i i might even jump over here i think because one other upside to to um or one thing that i personally like about libro.fm outside of the oh some of your purchase uh, purchases in uh, a portion of each purchase in Libro.fm also goes back to support a local. You can choose the local bookstore because they partner up with uh, Bookshop.bookshop.org. Uh, ah. That's how I actually found Libro.fm because I was looking to buy a book, and I heard an author mention Bookshop because he's like, you can find the book there, and you can pick a book store like a local bookstore to you or whatever or i guess any bookstore you really want to pick uh and have a portion of your funds go back to them right so you're supporting the local small business hey i'm a local small business too i should help those guys out too right i can't you know that's a part of this too but the other big thing for me is that when you buy a book with your credit or with your money over here in libro.fm guess what you get you just get a zip file that you download and it's got mp3s in it and there you go they do have an app uh when i last looked at the app it was fairly accessible uh i, I didn't really use it i just you know kind of scrolled around it and started playing a book I was like oh okay this works one quick caveat, uh, the monthly membership is only available in the U.S. and Canada. You can gift a membership to someone outside those countries, but if you want to sign up for the monthly membership, you do have to be in U.S. or Canada. Ah, good catch. Yeah, I just saw that, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, monthly memberships are only available in U.S. Canada. You can gift a membership uh, or gift a book, I guess, also to somebody outside of those countries. Uh, gifting a book is fairly easy so when i was checking out with this book i could have just checked the box in there and just gifted the book to tia but i'm like well why would i do that because she'll lose it <laughs> so. yeah um so yeah that's intriguing and you can invite a friend to it too Demasi. yeah and that friend will get uh something i gotta look at that link yeah i need to go get my link and when they start their membership, you get a free audiobook. So invite me. 
And if you are interested in this, you, listener, can go to yourownpay.com slash DM85. They do give Demasi a link, it says here, so he can put his link in the Google Doc. And if you choose to click that link, then you'll get a free audiobook, and Demasi will get a free audio. I'm sorry, Tia will get a free audiobook as well. <laughs> yeah i will get a free audiobook uh or a credit for a free audiobook once you make your first payment if you decide that you like it but you do get a 30-day free trial and they give you a free audiobook uh, i did not see the free trial that's kind of cool nice i didn't yeah, click on it. the membership page but ah yeah 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 so the first first deal that's why that deal right there is nice uh but i think it's i think you'll still get it with the referral link so I recently talked about um, a app that I was trying out because me and Mike have both been using delivery for a while and I tried out Parcel and I talked about it a little bit, but Mike has switched, I think, like this week, I think, Yep. yep. Uh, to from deliveries uh, to Parcel, right? So like you, you've actually gotten the subscription for Parcel and did you cancel your deliveries already or you are you are you all the way in on Parcel? I am all the way in on Parcel. I have no deliveries in deliveries anymore. Well, I mean, they're archived in deliveries, but I don't have any deliveries in deliveries anymore. My subscription is up March 3rd. I did cancel it. So it's in the, uh, it, it tells me when it will expire and not when it renews. And I am all the way in Parcel. You were right. The app, uh, there's links to both of these in the show notes. The apps are, or the subscriptions are the same exact price. Uh, I get the same functionality. So both of these apps, let's take a step back. Both of these apps allow you the ability to add tracking numbers to your phone and be able to track packages all in one place. I've used deliveries mainly because it had a cool little feature where you can uh, pay or you can copy a tracking number to your clipboard. And once you open deliveries, it'll automatically paste it in and you just double tap on the screen and then you can add a description. And some three quarters, half the time of it will uh, automatically pick which carrier it's supposed to be with. Then you tap save and it's right there and you can track it. I started noticing probably about six months ago when Demasi and I were talking about this, that deliveries wasn't updating as often as I felt it should be to give me the information about the packages I was tracking. Because the whole point of having an application to track your packages is to track your packages. And when it wasn't doing that, I, I started to get a little frustrated. And other people that we talked to kept mentioning parcel. I'm like, ah, deliveries is working just fine for me. I'll just keep using it. And I track a lot of packages for work. So I will grab the tracking number dependent on if it's uh, inventory coming into us, a return coming in, a package going to a customer or, uh, you know, wh whatever I'm tracking, a repair for a customer. I want to know where packages are and when the estimated time is people should receive those packages. So I'll grab the tracking numbers, jump over to June Cloud, which is a company that makes deliveries, and I use the online account and add paste them in. And for the longest time, I'm like, I'm not going to have that feature. I need that feature. That's a key workflow. Because if you're on the Mac, you can use deliveries on the Mac just fine. But since I'm on Windows, I needed something with a web portal. 
And going back to Doug, he said, well, you do know Parcel App has a web interface, right? I'm like, well, probably not. I did not, I did not know that. And then I mentioned it to Demasi offhandedly and he went and downloaded it and was playing with it. And then I think he bought a subscription to it shortly after he downloaded it. And I had added three deliveries to my parcel app from deliveries. And it's like, you need to pay to add more. I'm like, ah, I don't want to pay. And then I, I, I connected it to Amazon and that made the biggest difference because when I connected <laughs> it to Amazon and I saw that it tracked my Amazon order and gave me the opportunity to go ahead and, uh, track the package with the original carrier. So one of these packages that I ordered is coming UPS. And once it switched over to UPS, it updated to using the UPS tracking API. So I was able to, to watch the, uh, the, uh, package with UPS and, and I think Demasi might've known this. I don't know, but if you drop the W order number in from an Apple, uh, product, it'll ask you to confirm the email address and it does the same thing. It'll switch over to the tracking of the package from the carrier's, uh, tracking number as well. So that oh, was, I did not know about that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So I'm liking parcel i think it was well worth the switch and at least for the next year i will be using it until december 16th of 2022 and my other last feature that i really like about it is is i can see a package is going to be delivered in three days and i don't have to do the math to say that's going to be in three days it tells me right there uh and demasi notifications seem to be more consistent wouldn't you say Yes, um, two two major things for me, and what made me switch to Parcel. So that Amazon integration first and foremost. Uh, and uh, wait, did you say this? What about the when you buy something in Amazon, it just automatically puts it there? Okay. Oh so, no, I did not say that. I did. Oh, not you didn't say that. that? I uh, I was talking about automatically switching over to the tra- carrier, but I forgot uh, about that part. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so, that's okay. the best let, part. Let me, <laughs> let me start over. Okay. So the Amazon. One one thing that they were purported to do and what made me look is uh Doug did mention to Michael and Michael told me, and that's what made me go instantly get it, is like he hasn't had to sign into Amazon a bunch of times. The deliveries kept seem, seeming to lose that connection to Amazon. It's annoying when I don't get an update for a package that I'm expecting. I go open deliveries and it says, uh, error, you need to sign in. And I got like five. Now, granted, I signed in once and it, it updates all of the packages, but like it doesn't even send a reliable notification telling me that, Hey, you need to sign an Amazon again. So that's one thing I haven't had to sign back into Amazon since I got parcel. Uh, but the other thing that I discovered at the beginning of December, that was super cool is I went and bought something. Well, it was my monthly subscribe and save order, but when those orders got placed by Amazon system, I got a notification. It was like, uh, toilet paper has been ordered. And I was like, what? Whoa, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so when you place an order in Amazon, whether it's, you know, automatic or you just bought something like I just bought something a couple hours ago, uh, well, yesterday, 24 hours ago, um, I don't have to go actually add that Amazon product to deliveries. I mean, to parcel, uh, it automatically just pulls that data in. It's not instant, but it's quick enough. Uh, that I don't have to do it within the same day. So all the stuff that I just recently ordered uh, is already in parcel. I had to not move a finger to make that happen at all. Uh, so I love that. And yes, the notifications have been much more reliable 
and consistent. Um, mm. And there's a little bit of control there as to how much they update you as well with notifications, which I also appreciate it. Because I don't need to know that it just it arrived at Reno, uh, Nevada this morning, and then at 10 o'clock you tell me it left Reno. Like, I don't care that much about where it is. Right. And did you know about the email feature? So if you have an email that has a identifying tracking, identifiable tracking number in it, you can simply forward that email and Parcel will add it to your Parcel account. Hmm. I need to go set that up. So no, I did not know that they had that feature. I was aware of that being a feature in deliveries, uh, which was super handy for a while until I stopped using it. But yeah, that would actually make that that kind of almost makes parcel a hands off situation. Yep, because there's ways. it's talking about how you can set up rules. So if you have a tracking email, you can automatically move it to that email or forward it to that email address. Yeah, that is that is handy. So and for me, like I didn't feel like I was losing any functionality by switching the parcel. I feel like I got a few features uh, that enhanced the experience. And the only thing that is missing, and again, I haven't tested this recently, so I don't know uh, if if it works or doesn't work. But I don't think it automatically does the clipboard detection if you open it up with a tracking number on your clipboard. It does when you hit the add button. It does but, not yeah, when you. But yeah. when you hit the add button, it automatically populates with what's on your clipboard. So not too terrible because I mean, even with uh, deliveries, it would detect it, but you still had to tap on it. So it's not all that much different. And sometimes I just want to open deliveries and still have a tracking number in my clipboard because I hadn't put something else in my clipboard. And so right. deliveries is like, would you like to add this? No. What, what tracking number do I even have on my clipboard? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So it, 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 while it was a helpful feature, it is at the end of the day is not, I, I think the trade off and the behaviors, cause it still works to pull stuff off your clipboard and, and parcel. So I think the trade in trade off and behavior is, is reasonable because if I'm going to add a delivery, then I'm going to hit the add button anyway. And with deliveries, I still had to double tap on the tracking number notification thing to get that started. So the one complaint uh, I have about it, and it's not necessarily a complaint, it's more of an irritant, is because I track so many packages, I also like to delete or archive packages quickly. And with deliveries, you simply swipe down onto archive and double tap, and it just did it. It didn't ask you, are you sure? Whereas with parcel, it asks, are you sure? And I, I can't seem to find a way to disable that. I might send them feedback and ask them if it's something I can mm, that ask would them be not nice to do. Yeah. What I have started doing, because I, like you with deliveries, I like to archive instead of delete. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I have deleted a couple of packages and parcel, and I haven't checked to see if there's a way to look at what you have deleted. And are they archiving it and just saying delete? But in deliveries, there was distinct archive or delete this package. And I would typically archive things. Uh, What I have started doing in parcel is uh, up, at the top, after the settings button, there's like a filter button or, or, or show button or something. You tap that and you can select to only see like active deliveries or current delivery. So once something is delivered, it gets marked as a completed delivery yep. inside a parcel. So all of my, what I see now when I open it up is just things that are actually active, you know, actively in the delivery process i don't see stuff that's already delivered that tends to automatically go away so that's kind of how i've been handling that so the the gotcha with that is i read somewhere you can only have a hundred 
packages. I uh. don't know if that includes if that's a hundred active packages or a hundred packages in general. So that's something to look into. If it's just a hundred active packages, then I'm fine with that. And I'm going to switch my view now because that is amazing. Cause that kind of automates the archival status of it. Once uh-huh. it's deleted they, or once it's delivered, then it moves to that other view. So yeah, it moves to the completed view and you can filter and look at, you know, what's been delivered and yep. all of that stuff. So you're like, wait, what the hell happened to, and the reason I like the archive feature and, and deliveries and the reason I'm doing the filter thing right now with parcel is because occasionally you'll be looking for something. You're like, wait, did that get delivered? And you may have archived the order that had two things in it. Like you got one thing out of the order, but you didn't get the second thing yet. Uh, it's like, wait, what happened to that? Or in my case, I need to know, oh, this person's package is back. It's time to process a refund. Or uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, yeah. there, there are other reasons for it too. Like I can see a bunch of reasons in your case, like, oh, what well, this person did get like, let me verify that they got this and you don't have to, it's much easier to go refer to a history of delivery items in an app than it is to be like, let me go hunt up me, the tracking let me number. Let log like, into the shopping them. cart, find their uh-huh. order, get the tracking number, uh-huh. go track it. Yeah. <laughs> Go punch it in and be like, oh, it was delivered last week and yeah. it was left in their mailbox. Hey, go check your mailbox. Right. <laughs> they didn't leave it on your porch. They stuffed that box into your little tiny mailbox. This is what they did. Yes. Yes. Because that happens a lot. That does happen. <laughs> a lot. How the hell did she even get this in? <laughs> I can't you're get in it a out. truck. <laughs> like you didn't even get out and get on your feet and put it. You're in a truck and you just managed to Stuff it in there. I'm standing here with two hands, and I can't get this shit out of here. Like, what did you do? Yeah. What do they teach you people in, in mail? In mail school? Person. <laughs> <laughs> school. Like, what the hell? Oh. So, yeah. Oh, man, that's... it was funny that Jape didn't went too far. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is my delivery apps saga so before we get out of here we 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 normally or we we routinely if we remember or if we write it down in the doc which neither one of us wrote it down this week try to come up with a thing like a a, a new device or app or service or some some type of tip something good to leave you with to go check out for sure well this time we're going to leave you with a tip uh and it's going to be from both of us because i don't think mike has anything else to share, i have an app also Oh, you have an app? Yeah, we kind of hinted at it earlier. I'm sure you can figure it out. Starts with uh, a C. Uh, I have no idea. Anyway, uh, hold on. So the tip I want to leave you with this week, though, is uh, dual pairing with Apple earbuds. Yeah, you've done this more than I have. Yeah, but it's cool. <laughs> so... First, I have to give a caveat. I do not know to how far back with Apple earbuds this goes. I am going to say that I suspect that any earbud that has the H1 chip, this will work. So as far to my knowledge at this point, without going to look it up, that would be the Beats Fit Beats Fit Pros that I am using, the AirPod Pros that Michael is using. Uh, the AirPod third generations, those are the ones that just were released to have the slightly different ear, ear dilly, uh, and the power beats pro, uh, 
or Power Beats Pros, however Apple wants you to say that. Those. I'm not saying this only works there. I'm just saying that's my suspicion. I'm willing to almost be certain that all of those uh, Apple earbuds will work with this. Now, you know, it may work with other earbuds too. test it out and try it out. But here's the tip. Uh, after all of that here's a tip so i have the beats fit pro and i have them paired to my iphone now as you know if you have apple earbuds airpods beats etc you pair them to your apple device and through the magic of icloud and apple's little you know low level networking stuff that they do your airpods or ear you know earbuds apple earbuds will connect to all of your apple devices so i can switch to my mac i can switch to my phone my watch if i had apple ipad TV. i switch to ipad apple tv all of those things right very easily uh straightforward you don't have to repair unpair do all that stuff right cool it's nice sometimes it can be extra overly nice because you know they switch when you don't want them to switch here's what i tried one day now i did not expect this to work but you guys will remember that i said i was going to follow up and chat with you about uh how the beats fit pros worked out with android well short stories they worked out pretty good they're, they're okay the app is fairly accessible the beats uh, app on android is pretty accessible but what i discovered is i said i'm not going to do what most people probably would do which is unpair from my phone first then go pair them with the pixel i'm just going to open up the case i'm going to stick an earbud in my ear i'm going to press the little button on the case for about seven seconds or so and i'm going to see if they show up as in, in the bluetooth section of the pixel and then i will pair them that way fully expecting here that they were going to unpair from the phone when i did it's like putting them in pairing mode so that they would show up to the pixel would unpair them from the phone and the rest of my apple stuff well that did not happen uh what happened is they showed up and i paired them with the android phone and then now they work and they're connected to the android phone and i can use them with the pixel and if i go pick up my iphone or go to my watch and i say hey airplay on the watch or go to you know playback destination on the phone and switch to the earbuds then it switches audio back to the earbuds so i have dual pairing between my apple devices and a android phone with a pair of apple earbuds and I had Mike confirm that it does work with the AirPods Pro. Here's the reason I'm saying that. I think they probably, I'm fairly certain this would probably work with any pair of Apple headphones, earbuds that have the H1 chip for sure. The W1 chip is what's in the older earbuds and it may or may not work with those. But give it a try and see. Hey, the worst is happening. You have to repair your stuff, right? Did I lose you, Mike? Yep. You, I was asking you all these fancy questions because the dog was barking and I forgot I muted myself. <laughs> I asked you like, does you like three times and you just kept talking. I'm like, fuck you too. <laughs> yeah, so I kept talking because I didn't hear you saying anything. So I was like, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying is, have you noticed, because I haven't played with it that much, does the Apple devices take precedence over Android? So if you're playing something on Android and you try doing something on your phone, will it switch to the phone or? No, it, it stays. Um, stays with the pixel so i have to in order if i have if i put them in my ear go over to the pixel hit bluetooth um and hit connect they stay connected to the pixel until i basically do the exact same steps on the iphone for example and go to the now playing menu and say connect or or pick those as the playback destination then it will pull the connection over 
Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to play with this because I, I have set it up and it works and I just haven't really actually played with it that much. So that's a great tip and really uh, try it out. Let us know your thoughts. You can tweet at us. We'll give you Twitter information in a moment. My take. Uh, sec- hold on. Quick side note on a tip too. Uh, if you're in a position that we are where you have a iOS device and a Android phone, if you bring down your notification, say touch the uh, uh, Bluetooth and double tap and hold, it'll take you right into the Bluetooth settings. So you don't have to go to, you know, however other way you would get to settings Bluetooth. Cause I don't know the other, I mean, I know the other way to get there, but depending on how your phone is set up and where, what you use mostly, you may have a longer path to get there than that. But that is a very quick way to get there. Wow. That is a good tip. Hold on. Mike's going to test it out to make sure that it works because he doesn't believe it. No, I am. <laughs> I'm signing up for Libro FM, but it doesn't look like it's giving me a trial. So huh. that's fine. That's fine. So take that trial thought with a grain of salt because it may or may not work. Huh. Tell you I thought I had a trial. Maybe, oh, maybe it didn't have a trial. Maybe it is pay up front and then you get an extra Mm, let me go see. Private window. <laughs> um, and my tip for this week is going to be that if you didn't hear earlier, we recommend you use CardHop. And CardHop will allow you to quickly add contacts to your phone. It'll also allow you the ability to uh, update contact information. For example, I had my mother-in-law's birthday was the other day and I knew that from Mallory mentioning it to me. And I'm not going to admit that I did not know it until it got mentioned to me, but I <laughs> went in there and I typed in her name. So I actually just put in her first name cause that's all I only have her like, she's the only Cindy in my phone. Dude, oh, I was about to say, there's, I didn't think he was going to say her name, so I was gonna be like, there's only one Mary Beth in his phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I, I typed in her first name, then I put birthday is, and then I put in what her birthday was, and then I just hit go, and it worked. Like, it, it added her birthday to her contact card, and then there's even a tab at the bottom, which is pretty awesome. If you put the year in, it'll tell me, you know, when how that- How old she is. How old she is, and then it'll also tell me when that's coming up. Uh, it gives you a little list of all the people. Like, I saw that Demasi's birthday was tomorrow, and I it gave me- I don't remember. You had to have added your birthday to a card that you sent me at some point, because I don't think I ever put it in there. But it was all there and good to go, so- yeah. Yeah. Card hop is amazing. Uh, essentially, fan, the flexi bits folks that make Fantastical have taken their natural language input for creating calendar events and reminders and give you a natural language input way of handling contacts. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you what I do a lot, uh, especially on the Mac, is I will, because there's a quick keyboard shortcut. For me, it is set to Command Control C. I hit that card hop pops up and I will type FTA Michael Babcock or Michael B because I do have a couple of Michaels and I will always make sure it picks the right Michael. Right. Uh, so I will type in FTA is FaceTime audio, but I just type FTA or I could type audio 
you know, Michael Babcock and just tap return and there's the window popped up and it, I have to confirm the call, of course, but that's an Apple step. That's not a card hop step. So a lot of little things like that work message, you know, so-and-so tweet at uh, flexi bid. So I can say tweet, you know, tweet Michael B and it will probably take me to your action. Let me see, yep. Cause I think I got, uh, oh, you tried it already? Well, I know you can do that because you can add a Twitter account with uh, natural language uh, and you just put the at sign uh, in their Twitter yeah. username and that associates it with that contact card. Yeah, so it, it is super useful. Uh, I love it. Like it, it is one of those apps that I quickly recognize when it's not on a device. <laughs> like I don't think about it every day. It's not one of those things that occurs and you're like, oh, yeah, you should really try this out. But if I don't have it around, uh, I quickly notice that I don't have it around. Also, you can manage groups of contacts on iOS with this, which is something I still don't think you can do inside of the Apple native contacts app on iOS. You can do it on the Mac, but not on iOS. Ah, okay. And I See, was actually shocked that Mike didn't have it installed when we talked about it a few weeks ago. He was like, oh, no, I didn't have it. It's like, Mike, you should just install it because it's a part of your FlexiBix premium account. Because <laughs> in the past, that was not the case, was it? Like, you used to have to pay for it separately, and that's why yeah. I never checked it out because I'm like, oh, I don't need that. Hmm. No, man, you needed it. You, you just didn't know you needed it, but you really needed it. Uh, but your explanation of it, I think, was better, gave it better due than I think I probably ever have because that that was a perfect example of, hey, I need to update somebody's information and here's a, that's a very quick way to do it. So that is my pick and that is DM85. Show notes and more information for everything we mentioned, even while Michael got distracted while setting up membership for Libro FM, is at yourownpay.com forward slash DM85. Demossi's on Twitter at Demossi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I'm on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N, and as the show. At the DM series. <laughs> You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.